I'm Nick Filardi. I'm Jason Thielbar. Welcome to the world's second finest podcast. Today, we're talking about Batman Adventures 16 that came out December 1993. The Joker learns that kids are reading Gotham Adventures and he looks like a foolish clown in it. So he's going to make his own comics because making comics is so easy. Oh, God, it's like the easiest thing in the world, Nick. Jason, what did you think of uh, Batman Adventure 16? I loved it, uh, even though like and it, I, I don't feel like it will get into it more, but like I, I don't feel like they maybe thought that the violence they were doing was going to be as impactful as it was when I was reading it. I know they were <laughs> going for cartoony, but like there are certain parts I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, do you want to do a, a night's quest intro? Hit me with a night's quest intro, Jason. And and next we move on to Knight's Quest, which, you know, like attorneys general, it's it's possessive. I think they just keep on forgetting the apostrophe. It's a Knight's Quest. Eh? Eh? You get it? You okay. Get it? Did that did that bit land? I thought you were, I thought you were gonna do the the like Knight Quest. Uh, oh, uh, the 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 lounge, the, la- the the Knight Quest, crazy Knight Quest. John Paul Batman can't get with Catwoman. Oh my God, we're going to get into that. But first, Jason, first we're going to talk about Shadow of the Bat 23, which was on stands. <laughs> this is Night Quest The Search. And if you remember from the previous pod, this whole story about Bruce Wayne is completely fucking unhinged. <laughs> it's it's mad. Wild. It's so wild. This is, it is absolutely This is wild. Night Quest The Search. Still not featured in the Night Quest collection in the app. It's written by Alan Grant and Brent Blevins is drawing it. Strap it. We continue where we left off. Dr. Chandra Kinsolving and Tim Drake's father held captive by Asp, Chandra's brother. Bruce Wayne, disguised as Hemford Gray, tries to intervene and save Chandra and is instead escorted out of the big party. Using a pair of trick canes equipped with gas, trank darts, and a taser, he manages to beat up some goons. The trick cane with the trank darts is basically a gun, but please don't think about it. Asp tries to recover some of the bodies from the nearby town he managed to murder with a combination of his legally not cerebro helmet his powers, and Dr. Chandra's powers. He wants to confirm what killed them. Hood intervenes, but it gets he gets in over his head, and before he blacks out, he fires up a flare. I guess his superpower is asking for help. Bruce Wayne <laughs> gets his canes a-moving. He hobbles into the woods to help him. The entire time, his spine sounds like a pile of gravel and a rock polisher. <laughs> Asp knocks out Dr. Chandra and flees the scene, stealing the government helicopter, but not before almost killing Tim Drake's dad. Bruce Wayne hobbles back to the basement prison and saves him. Hood tells Bruce that everyone in Monkley is dead. Bruce panics. Alfred was staying there. He checks in on him. Alfred survived the attack by coincidentally taking a walk in the woods. Hood tells Alfred that it was a pleasure to work with Batman and that his secret is safe. He'll never tell he'll never tell that Batman is really an English Aristo in exile. 
Bruce ends the arc by telling us that he doesn't cry, but he knows why people do. It's continued in Legends of the Dark Knight 59. Jason. Yeah. What did you think of Shadow of the Bat? Oh, my God. It was the most insane. So I don't think it was very good, but it's the kind of not very good that I tend to enjoy. Oh, yeah. Super fun. Super fun. But terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Just over the top. Just like just like quickly. I didn't even remember that Alfred was in the fucking village. And so like that, like weird little like coincidental thing. I'm like, yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. Okay, You know, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and then Bruce Wayne's turn as uh, an old school, like 50s romance comic, like heroin. Dr. Chantra, she does not remember me. Yeah. You you know, just get him a fucking melodramatic at the end. So melodramatic. Yeah, get him a friggin' fainting couch at this point. Like, yeah, ridiculous, what? absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Just, just so, so silly. Just and and then like contrasted with the like an entire village is just fucking dead. Yeah, Bruce Wayne <laughs> climbing over the corpses to find Alfred, and like we're not even gonna get into that. I guess. I guess. Yeah, some someone will look into that at some point. Oh my god! Like how. How did how did you how did it hit you? Did it hit you in the in the same? Uh, yeah, weird it, it hit me in the same fun. way where I was like, this yeah. is completely unhinged. And Legends of the Dark Knight is out of the scope for our podcast. But let me tell you, I just jumped right in. I jumped right into more oh. to the Legends of the Dark Knight. Do you want me to tell you about how this ends? Because I know we're not going to cover it. But yeah, yeah, please, because I do all I have no interest in, in reading. Okay. Reading. So there's three issues of uh, Legends of the Dark Knight where it continues. And it's, you know, Bruce Wayne. And he's like, by the way, Bruce Wayne's like full on, like walking around with these two canes. Like he probably did between going into the woods in this issue that we read and like coming out. He probably did at least half a mile, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of upper body strength that you you need to do that. Right, right. You, you know, is, is this still Alan Grant writing it, at least? If not, the, no, I wouldn't imagine it would be the same. Daniel O'Neill is trying oh. to save this thing. He's trying to, really trying to. So, yeah, there's a handful of, like, really important things that happen. I think it takes place in Gotham, but I can't remember for sure. So I think they're out of... The, uh, you know, English countryside, no more hood, no more none of that stuff. So they're back in Gotham and Alfred's like, Bruce, you need to see a doctor. The doctor's like, "Uh, we can still fix your spine, but you need rest. And, and, you know, Bruce is like nuts to that. And Alfred's Alfred's like, I'm like, I can't watch you do this. Like either lay down or I'm leaving. Yeah. So Alfred leaves. He like leaves the service of Bruce Wayne. He is doing his own thing by now. So he leaves. Bruce is like, I got to save Chandra. Meanwhile, Asp is trying to kill like what was what's Bruce names? Hemingford Gray with his psychic abilities. But that person doesn't exist. So Bruce Wayne just kind of like feels a tickle and then is like, oh, that's weird. And then and then you know, Asp is like, why isn't this working? What's going on? We need to find this guy. And then Chandra realizes because they're like peeking into Hemford Gray that he's also Batman. 
the reason the way he gets Chandra to do this is to give her a bunch of LSD, like a fucking <laughs> pot, like just drugs the shit out of her. So that's happening. Meanwhile, Alfred goes to Jean-Paul Batman and is like, look, Bruce Wayne's off the fucking rails. I don't know what's going on. You need to watch out for him. But this is the thing. Jean-Paul, he don't give a shit about him. He's like, and then Alfred's like, if you're really Batman, and he's like, whoa, 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 I am Batman. And he's like, if you're really Batman, you would look after the innocent. And he's like, of course I was going to do that the whole time. But then Jean-Paul gets tricked by like a bait and switch of like, you know, Asp and, and Bruce Wayne go in one direction and then un, just another guy in a wheelchair, like a homeless guy in a wheelchair that Bruce paid to like go in another direction. And it fools John Paul Batman. So he's completely ineffectual, the whole issue. <laughs> then, Jason, then finally Bruce Wayne catches up to Asp and Chandra and they fight. The henchmen's there, they fight. Bruce manages to come out on top. It's in the middle of like a storm on like a beach and like it's very windswept romance like not but like Jason, there's no romance. You know why? Because Chandra's been pumped full of so much goddamn LSD that now she has the mind of a child. She is literally a child. So she's she, she's an acid casualty is Yes. Yes. The- and which she, isn't really a thing, but yeah, she lays her hands down on Bruce Wayne and heals him. He carries her after the storm passes down the beach and like finds her help. But like, I guess now he's not in love with her anymore because she has a mind of a child. So, yeah, and, and, and that's kind of where it, it leaves off. So I guess Bruce Wayne is healed now. But at what cost? <laughs> At at the cost of, uh, hey, this character isn't really interesting for uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman uh, love interest, so we have to get rid of her. But killing her would be too mean, and yeah. uh, we need we need bat we need Bruce Wayne to be Batman again. So um, I guess she's still alive technically, and now that she's <laughs> thinks she's eight, you know, Bruce Wayne is rightfully like, I mean. <laughs> You know, I I still care for her as like a, a, you know, human being. But man, that just kind of, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, closes, closes the door on on really anything else there. So completely unhinged. That's just wild. Night's Quest, the search was the most like absolutely bonkers bat books I've ever read. (laughs) Well, hey, you know, how do you end an unhinged story, you know, in an unhinged way. You don't you don't go out with like, you know, you don't go out like the fucking Sopranos with like Batman and Chandra in a in a diner listening to Journey, you know, right, right, like, right. As, though actually that would have been a, a that really, would have been good. What, that would have been yeah, good. that would have been uh, that would have been great. Now that I'm now that I say it out loud. At any rate, the higher ups at DC got their Bruce Wayne story, and and we certainly read it. Yeah, yeah, we, to- we totally did. We totally you did. Wanna, do you want to move on to the Knight's uh, Quest, the Crusade, continuing in Batman? Yeah, yeah, let's, because what, okay. the, uh, the, what you just told me, I think, kind of bolsters my, my new idea that I have. Oh, about, yeah, I know. Uh, you got a new, Jean-Paul you got Batman. a new theory. Yeah, you yeah, got, got a new, new theory. theory. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
Knight's Quest the Crusade. Let's just let's just get it out there right now. Children leave the room. Adults turn the volume up. Yeah, crank it. <laughs> Night Quest the Crusade continues in Batman, written by Doug Munch and penciled by Mike Manley. The new arc this month. Uh, sorry. It's a new arc this month with the Mecros arc wrapped up. Jean-Paul Batman sees Catwoman from like a block away and becomes an absolute pervert, saying things like, Catwoman was vividly tantalizing, and he wonders if Bruce ever got close enough to touch her, and if so, if that touch would be rough or tender. Such a fucking incel. He's such a fucking incel. <laughs> God. Please, we have so, so much more to get through. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> He, he talks about her body cutting up the darkness in whispers and then goes to, on to say he has a shameful dream about her that night. He gets info from Gordon about how some gas was stolen at the wharf. He thinks Catwoman did it because John Paul Batman doesn't know anything about her and would never read any kind of like file or dossier ever. John Paul Batman is never going to read. Yeah, that's what nerds do. Yeah, that's what nerds do. Gordon is all like, WTF, that's not Catwoman style, and you know that. You have a rich history with her. John Paul then looks at pictures of Catwoman on a computer and muses, do certain forms of evil hold some dark beauty to which no man is immune? (laughs) It's so stupid. Catwoman needs a second chemical for the gas. John Paul Batman catches her at a factory stealing that chemical. Catwoman approaches him and John Paul panics because she's pretty, I guess. Catwoman is like, oh, yeah, you're not Bruce. You aren't blasting out nonstop horned up pheromones. You're practically (laughs) sterile. They fight. John Paul lets her get away in order to follow her. He muses that he wanted to test her skills and, quote unquote, penetrate her mystery. It's all gross. It's continued next month in Catwoman 7 and Batman 504. Jason, what did you think of Batman 503? I thought uh, Batman 503 and uh, the uh, and Detective gave me this good view of that. The, the writers of these books, while they're doing their best, you know, they yep. cannot hide their absolute contempt for John Paul Batman. Like they yeah, can, oh, they yeah. Oh, yeah. hate him so fucking much. And it's hilarious. Oh, man. Like, I think it's on purpose that they're writing in such like flowerly, like perverse language. And when Catwoman is like, like sniffs at him and is like, oh, you're impotent. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Like so you good. can't. He's, yeah. You can't get it up. up. He's horned up the whole issue for her. Yeah. Yeah. And, much and, then, like, and then the second they're around each other, she's like. You're basically sterile. Yeah, yeah. Because much like the wonderful uh, Spoon record entitled Girls Can Tell and yeah. Boy Howdy Can Catwoman Tell. And it's just <laughs> and, and again, I can I can tell that they would probably never admit it publicly. But like the creative team on this fucking hates John Paul Batman. And they're, they're just like, he's just as I think you're you know, I think you're supposed to. I think you're supposed it, to hate John Paul Batman. Yeah, but in this, I mean, to to me, it's like a, it goes deeper than just like it, it got personal. Yeah, like how like the writers like never liked like Jason Todd as Robin, right? They always like sure. hated like that. That's why they were happy to like have the Joker kill him off and like you know like get get rid of that. But like the the way <laughs> the way they're making 
uh, Jean Paul look is just it's like embarrassing. It's like goes like again, it's like a deeper kind of like right. they resent the fact that and they're having to do this at all. So like, you know, the the lack of chemistry between Catwoman and Jean Paul aside, there's also a bit in here where Gordon's like, dude, oh. dude, you're not you're not Batman. Like, what are you doing? You're not Batman. Yeah, yeah. Batman would never act this way. Yeah, yeah. That part yeah. was also really, really great. I really enjoyed that because it's like the whole world is coming around on like, oh, Jean-Paul Batman's terrible. Yeah, yeah. This guy is different. He's he's ineffectual now. He's like right. not smart. Like, you know, and like you said in the Legends right. books, like he just gets like fooled by a decoy really. Like, that's what I mean. Like there, there's like a contempt right. to it. They're like, it's not it's not just that like. He's like too violent. He's a, he's a fucking idiot too. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing is Jean-Paul Batman, like Bruce, Bruce Wayne relies on his skills, his intuition. He's the world's greatest detective. He's a smart guy. Jean-Paul yeah. Batman relies on the gadgets that he creates and the programming and instinct he has while in the fight. So like when he's not fighting, I don't know if the system is really working for him. And when the system's not working for him, he's just like a whatever dude, you know? Yeah, but at the beginning of Nightfall, when they were still trying to kind of in- introduce his like character more, like he was shown as this like, you know, this like pretty intelligent uh, grad student in like, what was it? Computer science, I think, you know? So, like, I, I don't even I, remember. Well, because like that's kind of like the why they got him like the security job, because I think it was supposed oh, to be in computer right, right, security. Right. Like he's supposed to be good with like electronics, like yeah. Jean-Paul Valley, the, you know, the the man. But like that just gets like at, like the freaking minute he gets to like dress up in a suit, like all of that leaves. It's like all gone. Like he, <laughs> he like he dropped like he dropped like five grade levels of like reading, yeah. Yeah. you know. And now he's like a 13 year old who like he he can read if he wants to. But why would I ever do that? Yeah, that's what nerds do. That's what nerds do. I I have these I have these claw gauntlets. I don't need to read. Yeah. I mean, granted, if you can punch and stab at the same time, like, do you have to read? Yeah, that you know, that's the other thing that even when I was a kid and like even though I sparingly sparingly read these bat books when I when I was when these came out, like. I always thought like the claws were just so because when he makes a fist, they're still knives and he's punching people in the face. It's like, no, that's going to go through someone's skull. Yeah. You know, yep. like I couldn't suspend my disbelief that far that like it's it's somehow like different. Like, n- no, man, <laughs> like. You know, uh, <sighs> well, same, Jason, same thing I, with the bat batarangs or whatever. I, I look forward to, to feeling gross as I read Catwoman number seven and Batman 504 for next month. Oh next God. It, it is, it is very, it is very pervy. It is, it is so just, yeah. but, yeah. but also it's again, to me, it's the, the, there's that low simmering hatred that they can't get rid of that. Like it's, <laughs> it's pervy, but like it's pervy in a very, very desperate and pathetic way. Absolutely. You know, it's like, it's like per- pervy in the way that like R. Crumb would draw like him himself <laughs> as like pathetic and sweaty. Oh, and, could you, you imagine? Know. Could you imagine R. Crumb's Batman? <laughs> they should have got R. Crumb for this. R. Crumb's Jean Paul Valley. Yes, exactly. Specifically oh, for oh, this God. issue, they should have got him. Uh, now there's a man say, who could hate. 
I, I do want to make one quick note that uh, the cover for this issue is really great because it's Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones has been drawing, you know, goons and Batman in his like gothic, like dripped in black style for oh, love it. You know, issue after issue after issue, which is great. On this particular cover, he's drawing like sexy Catwoman, but he still can't like let go of that like gothic like dripping black so it's like it it makes for a really interesting image that i thought was kind of fun less sexy than maybe they wanted catwoman to be on the cover but like still very very interesting yeah yeah it reminds me of like kelly jones's style especially at his best always reminded me of like wood etchings of like lovecraft stories yeah you know where like every everything is just so heavy and dark like even if it's supposed to be some sort of like you know sultry tone or something like that like right. you can't get over you can't get away from kelly jones is like just no, wonderful no. like oh no no i'm using like two gallons of ink for this page like this page has like <laughs> literal weight on it you know uh, I, uh let's let's get into detective yeah night quest the crusade continues in detective comics 670 written by chuck dixon penciled by Barry Kitson. This is a NightQuest book, but it's not in the NightQuest collection on the app. This is a holiday one-shot. GPD pull a corpse frozen in a block of ice out of the river. Jean-Paul Batman beats up a bunch of holiday muggers. Montoya hangs out in the morgue, keeping an eye on the block of ice, waiting for it to thaw out to see who's in the block of ice. She goes for a cup of coffee. She comes back. The body is gone. It escaped. It's loose. She panics, knowing what this potentially could mean. Montoya finds the only other person at the morgue, the coroner, and with gun drawn says, you don't know what we're dealing with here before the lights go out in the morgue. Trapped in the dark morgue with something loose, Montoya fires a shot. That shot alerts John Paul Batman to get to the morgue. They meet up. They track down the body. It's Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze and John Paul Batman fight. Jean-Paul knocks out Freeze, and Montoya stops him from beating Freeze to death. Happy holidays! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. What you, th- you think of uh, Detective Comics 670? I actually, I, I like this one more than, more than I liked uh, Batman. I very much enjoyed this issue. Yeah, and, and it was very much like in, in, the, um, in the holiday uh, episode when, when we'll talk about the holiday issue, but it contrasts it in my mind with the the story in that. Whereas, like, you know, because it's really a, a really interesting thing about Bruce Wayne's character is that, like, you know, he's someone who's been through like this like immense tragedy, and so he has like he's he's extremely empathetic towards others who he recognizes as tragic, and he'll Absolutely. always like try to like try to help because you know because like he understands he's like yeah man this sucks he's like yeah what you're doing is bad and i'm still gonna like punch you in the face and like take you to arkham asylum or whatever but you know i'll give you a minute you know because like it 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 sucks when this stuff happens and i'm you know empathetic towards it whereas like john paul batman is just all like he's just so very insular yeah you know which which i guess if i really wanted to i could go off on like some sort of like stupid fucking like you know rant about how like generation x are all like oh, navel gazing oh. idiots oh, no. or some oh, no. i don't know Jason, like, don't do you, that you know you know the kind the kind of dumb bullshit that like people who have more ambition than i do just like spit out and get paid like two hundred thousand dollars by the atlantic to like fucking write about but <laughs> like 
I only wish I could have we could have spent more time with Montoya and the the kind of oh, tenseness of of the lights going out in the morgue and you know all this stuff happening before before yeah, I uh, really Jean wish, Paul shows up. You know, I really wish that Freeze got a little bit of the drop on either Montoya or Montoya and Batman because yeah. it was such a great moment when the lights went out and it was tense in the morgue. And yeah. they're trying to like navigate through and not die. And they know that there's something on the loose and they haven't even told you what it is yet. in yeah. the issue. I mean, we, oh. we probably, I mean, I knew, I, I assume you knew too. Well, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They but weren't like, hiding so like, it that much. You, yeah. You right, 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 right. And yeah. so there's this moment where it's like, where things are like tense and I wanted to live in that space. Like it turned into like a horror movie. With well, like a yeah. slasher on the loose, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and yeah, and the artwork like was phenomenal, and it really reminded me of like some of my favorite um, uh, Vertigo House style, you know, that oh, started yeah, to definitely. develop, and and some of my favorite like uh, like Cain and Abel stories in in the in the nineties that like would they'd appear in different Vertigo books, you know, that was drawn sort of in this way, and it really the 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 artist did a phenomenal job of of keeping the tension up. And I just think if they would have had more, I know it's not realistic and like a monthly, but like if they, if it would have been like this would have been like a 50 pager, like holiday special yeah, or something yeah, like that, yeah. then like you could, he could have, the artist could have had a lot more space to, to draw that tension out a bit more, right? you know? Right. Uh, but, but this, this is a, this is a distinct, uh, uh, jump <laughs> from, uh, from Batman, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Cause, yeah, because yeah. it's like okay, John Paul Batman's angry. All right, all right, I get that. He's he's angry and he's just like gonna gonna fucking murder this guy. And Montoya very is very much like oh yeah, that's not him. That's not the person that. Right, right, yeah. Montoya also realizing this issue. This is not Batman. Like, this is somebody else in a bat suit. I think the reason why I really like this issue is because John Paul Batman is very secondary to like. Yeah. Montoya and Freeze in the morgue. Like that's mm -hmm. what this issue is about. And Bullock too. Bullock shows up for a good bit of this and is very enjoyable. And yeah. it's kind of like I, I want to live in that space with them and I don't want Jean Paul Batman showing up in his own book. Yeah, because it because it kind of brought to um what made uh, even though I only read a smattering of them and maybe I should read them because I just have the DC app with the what really made the um, Gotham Central books like really fun? Oh yeah, because, absolutely. Because because they're just cops, and you have all these like super powered weirdos that you have right. to handle because Batman can't be everywhere, you know. And so like how Freeze, they deal um, with that, you know. I think Freeze is is the first villain in Gotham Central too. I wonder if uh, mm. when they were thinking about Gotham Central, if they had read this particular holiday issue, and it was like at the forefront of their mind at all but i don't know probably not probably coincidence but yeah, yeah. well because yeah because freeze is a good character to to use as like your first villain if you're trying to kick off like uh, a batman like world uh, uh book because he's like the the, the motivations are, are clear and easy and it's tragic and so like even though you don't right. root for him because everyone knows he's the the, the antagonist but because his back his origin is tragic you you like feel for him so it's kind of an easy character to emotionally manipulate the audience with. I will you know? say, I will say, cause I, I was thinking the same thing and I, I didn't get that vibe from this particular iteration oh, of freeze. Yeah, no, and no, no. Cause he was just like wild and angry in this, like a, like a yeah. caged dog. 
Yeah, he uh, woke up, didn't know what was going on, and was yeah, just, just lashing out. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I I do know that the Batman the animated series, the way that they handled Freeze, they changed him a lot with it making him like a more tragic character. And we're like right on the cusp of that. We're right in the middle. So it's like that transformation hasn't happened yet in the mainline Bat books. Mr. Freeze yeah. is still kind of just this like cold villain guy who's like, yeah, it's like kind of tragic, but he's also just like, I'm a criminal for crime. Well, yeah, because because so much of uh, so much of like Silver Age books were like a lot of like the rogues galleries of all these uh, old comic books were solidified uh, were so much like of a uh, they didn't have the term for it then, but like monster of the week, you know, yeah, so, sort of yeah. sort of scenario. It's like, oh, yeah, the guy with uh, freezing powers, you know, it's like you don't go that deep into it because it's just going to be a guy with like fire powers the next week or a guy, you know, like, right, that, right. That, that's that's where that stuff kind of like comes comes out of. Uh, and uh, it it is uh, it is interesting seeing seeing that transition. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that maybe in the 90s and mainstream books, at least more and more writers uh, started realizing that like, oh, wait, I can make these like characters and stories more complicated and like more adult in the way of like just in the way of that, that they're told, you know, yeah. like trust, like trusting the audience and trusting like all. It's, you know, it's funny that like you say that because I feel like Batman Adventures 16 has got a little bit of just a little spice of commentary regarding writers in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Wanna, do you want to start getting into Batman Adventures 16? Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's do that. Batman Adventures 16 written by Kelly Puckett, penciled by Mike Parlbeck, inked by Rick Burchett, colored by Rick Taylor, lettered by Tim Harkins, edited by Scott Peterson with an assist from Darren Vincenzo. Jason, this issue was fantastic. It the oh, cover is wonderful. Batman pulling a tarp off of just another giant pile of dynamite that we we saw this like another giant pile of dynamite two issues ago with the ventriloquist issue, and it's got a Joker head on it. it says "Boom, you're dead." So we know this is a Joker issue. Classic dynamite. I love a yes. classic dynamite. You know, it's like it's like old. It's like ordering like a. Um, I don't I don't drink as nearly as much as I used to, but like sometimes when I go to bars every once in a while, it's like ordering like an old fashioned, you know, yeah, just yeah. just an old cocktail. Like every once in a while, you just that's my, uh, I want, that's my I drink want of a, choice, Jason. Old oh. fashioned with bourbon. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. This is, this, is, this is just like that. It's like an old fashioned. It's like, yeah, just give me a pile of red stick Looney Tunes <laughs> dynamite. Just, you know, the classics never go out of style, baby. Exactly. You know? Like, this issue is called The Killing Book, and Act <laughs> One is Seduction of the Innocent. I love that. I love the theme of the act names in this book. Yeah. That was that really, really got me. This particular issue is just full of comic book Easter eggs. So do you want to talk about Seduction of the Innocent and what that actually means? Yeah, uh, Seduction of the Innocent was the name of a book written by uh, Frederick Werheim. Uh, I you know, fuck him forever. So I don't care if I mispronounce his name. Uh, <laughs> and he, uh, in the fifties, uh, wrote this book that, uh, sparked a uh, public outrage where he was essentially, uh, equating the degeneracy of American youth with comic books and 
you know, such terrifying things as like, you know, Batman and Robin being gay because it was a man and a boy and like the boy wore like, you know, short shorts, you know, like running around and it was obvious like, you know, projection. But then through that, that's how we got the Comics Code Authority, which was uh, designed to really to uh, put EC Comics out of business was all the Comics Code Authority was designed to do. And the rest of the publishers at the time like banded together because they hated how much more successful EC was. And uh, that's also like sprung up out of that, too. And like we've talked about it before on the show, but that's how you kind of get these weird hokey uh, storylines in mainstream comic books, you know, where people are like, what, Morbius is a living vampire? It's like, well, yeah, because in the comics code, if you wanted code approval, you couldn't have undead characters. It was not allowed, you know, so you get all these just, you know, in the 70s, they still wanted to be code compliant, but like hop on the horror wave and. Yeah, that's that. So that's seduction of the innocent. I anybody who has a passing interest in comic books, even uh, I, I recommend read anything you can about it. Uh, you could probably uh, look up some old comics journals articles. I'm sure there's many, many great histories about it. It's uh, it's a more foundational thing, I think, uh, that has affected even the wider society than people give it credit for. Uh, and, and especially the the contrast it is like today with the new moral panics that are like coming up i think it would be a, a really good uh, uh education for people and now that i say it i haven't read about it in a bit and i'm gonna kind of sharpen that axe on you know uh just ma- making sure i kind of solidify the history of all of that you don't you know what the best part of that rant was what was that i did not prep you for this rant and i was just like jason take it away and you just took the ball and like <laughs> We were on the one yard line and you just ran the 99. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's this thing that like I've, I've been thinking about for a long time because I first learned about it when I was like 13. And like, again, around this time, these books were coming out and around the time that like my my comic fandom was um, transitioning to uh, more underground books and independent books, you know, uh, and it was just it was fascinating to me even being a kid in the 90s and like. And just being like, really? Like they thought reading Batman would turn you into a degenerate. You know, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> right, I'm, right, right. I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm a greasy nerd who's not good at sports with bad feet and terrible <laughs> eyesight. Like, what the, what the fuck, man? Like, I mean, have to be fair, that's pretty close to being a degenerate. Yeah, I think, that's that's probably. true. Yeah, down that road does not lie good things. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, uh, the title of this is the Killing Book. And it was, it's it's a parody of the Killing Joke, which is a classic Joker story, yeah, yeah. which is pretty also pretty great. They we had it. a nod to the Killing Joke in a few issues back in the first appearance of Harley Quinn, where she uh, almost shot Batgirl, which is uh, in the Killing Joke. Joker shoots Batgirl um, yeah. and paralyzes her. We talked about her being Oracle instead, yeah, of Batgirl, yeah. yeah. Right off the bat, before we even look at the art, it's like, hey, kids, comics. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And the art, man, what a way to begin, too. Like, yeah, I love- Batman is upside down with an explosion behind him on the wharf. Like, you have a ship in the foreground. The waves are, like, all over the place. Yeah, it's yeah. completely bonkers and that right? pose that pose he gets on that figure is just amazing it's just a beautiful mm-hmm. 
what what is it foreshortened i mean you know there's not a whole lot of that like there but like enough you know to enough. really to 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 really sell the like yeah no he getting he getting flipped upside down by this thing like this is yeah, this he's is getting serious. messed up yeah uh, next page is batman showing up at the bat cave kind of like hunched over soaking wet tore up bat suit alfred's just like oh my god bruce bruce and and he just says he doesn't say that but he's like rushing to his aid he he batman turns to him and just goes joker so good it's so, so good. good yeah and then we turn the page and joker's there in a full fur coat like all the way to his ankles oh yeah dress dress like uh uh dress like fucking huggy bear from start and hutch uh yeah yeah and he's know. like well that was fun <laughs> <laughs> He's looking for Batman costume pieces. He's piecing it together. And he's like, he's like, that won't fill two pages of my scrapbook. Keep looking. (laughs) Yeah. And then just two random children happen about. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a copy of Gotham Adventures. And they're like, that that's the Joker. The guy Batman always beats up. And the Joker's like, what? What are you talking about? So he starts flipping through Gotham Adventures. And he's like, and it says special guest artist Anthony Baldwin on Gotham Adventures. And the cover of Gotham Adventures is Batman as this giant shadow reaching for a panicked and scared Joker. And he's like reading this thing and he's like, what? And it's like under his skin. He's like, come on, we're leaving these youngsters uh, with their filling their heads with vicious lies impregnating my good name misinterpreting me to america's youth he's like he's gonna fix this jason he's gonna fix gotham adventures so we get to the next page oh wait the the best part is he steals their comic book and he also steals uh the uh one of the kids was eating a lollipop he just like takes them both (laughs) which which i thought was a great a great he goes he goes to one of his henchmen he goes anyone want a lollipop (laughs) (laughs) fucking love it so the next page is an incredible meta panel of the two editorial, Scott Peterson and Darren Vincenzo. And Scott Peterson is yelling, you're fired. And he's like, uh, Mr. Patterson would like to thank you for your efforts and wish you best luck in your future assignments. And it is, it's the whole team. It's Kelly Puckett. It's Mike Parlbeck, it's It's Rick and Rick and Tim. And they're all like, they got like their typewriters and their T-squares and their comic pages. They're being like shuffled out of the room. Yeah, I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed that. I love the the asshole boss and the uh, interpreter. Uh, yeah, boss. yeah, yeah. Was it was it, was so, it fun? They, they were definitely, we have, they, were, they were having so much fun with this. They were having a lot of fun with this. So we get this uh, new artist, Baldwin, who was mentioned on the front of the other Batman or Gotham Adventures yeah. issue. And he's like, uh, have you seen the numbers on your fill in issue? Like, you're great. We're going to put you on everything. We don't even need a writer. He's and he's like, but I, you know, I'm just an artist. I can't write it. And he's like, right. It's a comic. It's a comic book. It's for kids. Like, come on, you're, you're fine. Just write whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. And I swear, I swear this is commentary on like, the newly founded image and like, you know, Todd McFarlane writing and drawing and Jim Lee writing and drawing and, uh, you know, basically everybody over there writing and drawing their own books. Yeah. The how hard can, yeah. The how hard can it be? 
Yeah, it's right. Like, exactly. Well, <laughs> well, know, read, re- read the first couple of years of any of those uh, first image books and you tell me how hard it yeah. can be. So uh, Scott kicks the guy out and he's like, now get out of here and give me 22 pages by Friday or I'll have or I'll have you killed. <laughs> I enjoy I enjoy that. I, I, I did love that. That ex- yeah. escalation, that escalation of of like, oh, he's just a cranky. But oh, no, no, he has guys. He has guys. He's guys he's connected. Yes. The the thing about this that I really liked is that 22 pages by Friday is not only wildly impossible, but yeah. like to hammer that home. The reason that a lot of colorists exist on books is to just get them out on time. Like a lot of artists these days, especially, are able to do their own color work. Like they could put together a passing color comic together, but like trying to do that in four weeks is impossible to do. Even even if you set aside the writing that this guy Baldwin has to do, like if you're just doing art and just doing art and color, like now Baldwin has to do everything and he's got to get it done by Friday. Now that you had mentioned is is probably a a sly commentary on the image guys, because like I think maybe maybe the view is like and and rightfully so that like, hey, guys, it's the reason why there was like teams of people. You know, it's not like you couldn't write your own book or come up with stories and maybe even be good at it. But like if you're going to do that, you're going to need to give yourself a lot more time, you know, like like even these days, like by now in the image verse, they have to be like. Two things are happening. They're selling a crap ton of books, so they're making money hand over fist. Yeah. The other thing that's happening is those books are starting to become late <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. there's a it's hard. It takes yep. time. And B, now that they're swimming in money, it's like they don't really have a whole lot of incentive to like be like, oh, I got to get this out on time or I'm not going to make rent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really funny how like, you know, uh, like like McFarlane, for example, like eventually had to come return full cir- circle on on a few things actually, but uh, where he, where for how long it was a uh, uh, Greg Capullo was drawing mm-hmm. most of Spawn because like Spawn and like the other Spawn books like Sam and Twitch and like the toys were like you know he's the CEO of this like multi million dollar corporation now and like he doesn't have the fucking time to still draw and right. write. The book because both those things take way more time than anybody ever really thinks it does. Yeah. You know, that's why if you're if you're an artist who's also coloring, like you know, people do, if even if they're doing like what a four issue miniseries, they're typically given about a year, a little less, to do all that because right, right, shit, man, you want anything of any kind of like passing professional quality, it's gonna take a bit. Yeah, it, this past um this new human target that Greg Smallwood's working on that Tom King's writing, they did six issues and then they took a big break and then they're doing the back six issues because, you know, Greg needed lead up time before they announced, then six issues came out and then he needed a break because he'd been working constantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. And then they needed, he needed a little more lead up time before the next six issues are coming out. Yeah, it's the same way uh, Saga has come out because right, like exactly. it, it takes it takes Fiona Staples. I mean, you know, you look at that artwork. It's like, yeah, that takes a long fucking time to do. Yeah, so like yeah. they, they publish it bi-monthly when it comes out. Then I think they typically take like a two to three month break 
before they do the next six and sure. complete, you, you know, cause it's like, yeah, man, t- <laughs> things take time. So Baldwin's out in the street. It's snowing. He's like, you know, what am I going to do? I got to get this issue out. And then there's a guy selling ice cream on the street and he's like ice cream bomb pops. How about some ice cream? And he's like ice cream, but it's freezing. And he's like, how about a violent abduction instead? And it's the Joker (laughs) and these goons chuck him into the like ice cream, like freezer cart. And uh, he's like, he's leaving with the guy in the ice cream freezer cart. And he's like, ice cream, bomb pops, pencilers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I just love I love the way um, the Joker is is drawn in this book. The way that his the, the expressions and oh, just, absolute mania, just, just yeah, and just everything about like even like his full, the full body, like the the mm-hmm. gumby the gumbiness of of yes. the Joker is is just phenomenal. It just it just makes the shit so funny. The fact that it's like cartoony and and loose with reality lets them get like really weird with the Joker's facial expressions, which is, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's good to see him use it too. Yeah. You know? So then we get Montoya in uh, Scott Peterson's office and his, his plaque has changed on his desk from the boss to the king. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and Montoya's like, been missing for over a week you say you haven't seen him since he left your office and scott's like you're calling me a liar and, and darren is like regretfully no officer mentoya we've not seen or heard from him and uh that's when he pops into the office and he's got his his boards ready to go ready ready for publication um and uh the boards show up but anthony doesn't show up montoya's there is like what i thought you said he hadn't heard from him and Scott's like, you can't pin nothing on me, copper. <laughs> and he says, as you see, Anthony's been sending artwork for the past couple of days, but he hasn't contacted us. Otherwise, he's like, Montoya, you better. The, one of the cops is like, Montoya, you better look at this. And she's looking at the art boards and she's like, but this is Saturday nights. How? And we get into act two. How to draw comics the Joker way. Yeah. Did you ever have that book? Well, the book I never did. Is, I ne- did you pick up How to Draw Car- Comics the Marvel Way? An incredibly, incredibly famous book for drawing comic books. Yeah. Well, for making comic books, yes. really, as well, like whole cloth, you know. They added a um, a small addendum for comic book coloring eventually before the internet completely took over and nobody bought books about how to draw things anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cause if I remember correctly, do you remember the whole uh, origin and the, and the thing about uh, how to draw comics the Marvel way? About it being like half written and then get boards and then write all the dialogue kind of thing. Yeah. But then, uh, Oh shit. I might be thinking of a different Marvel book that they put out. It might have been around the time they put out How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, but there was a contest that they held where they would they wrapped the book in a, a couple of pieces of uh, with along with some like Bristol board, you know, eleven by seventeen, uh, and had people, you know, dr- like cop- copy what like uh, portfolio pages, like sample pages, you know, of like here's huh. how we would want you to do it if you were a Marvel, uh, if you were an artist, and like 
they were like, hey, and you can, we'll have this contest and you can submit them too. And if our editors like them enough, maybe they'll give you this, maybe you'll get like a backup story or something small. And that's how, and the only time they ever done it. And that's actually how uh, Mark Bag- Bagley, Bagley, yeah. a, a longtime Spider-Man artist. That's how he got his first book. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was like through, yeah, it was like through this like contest and he was just like, yeah, okay. And you know, and they're like, Hey, this guy's actually like pretty good. And they, that's how we got his, like his first break into, uh, into Marvel comics. So, uh, you want to start breaking down act two? Yeah. So in act two and how to draw comics, the Joker way, we have, uh, Alfred reading out, uh, <laughs> being very puzzled by the newest issue of, uh, Gotham adventures, which Bruce then explains to him that it depicts like what just recently transpired and the, the explosion that Bruce got, uh, all flipped head over heels. Before. Yeah. So he's Bruce, Bruce is still bandaged up, by the way. He is still oh, yeah. hurting. Oh, bandage around the head, bunch of bandages around the chest. I I, I love random white cartoon like gauze <laughs> around Jason, people. This has not gone out of style. I am currently working on a book and Bruce Wayne is in a hospital bed with literally the same bandages on him. <laughs> hey, man, as, as oh, second time I say it on the show. Well, this episode, the classics never, never go out of style. You know, exactly. everyone, everyone knows what that means. If I, if I, if I was ever a comic book artist, I'd be like, yeah, everyone knows what this fucking means. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to worry about it, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then we, we, we turn to, and <laughs> the beginning of these pages are great. And I just, just the conceit of it too, to the international cryptographers convention, which, okay, <laughs> yeah. code, yeah. code breakers. Sure, man. With, with a... <laughs> With a just like wonderfully stereotypical French chef just in the middle of him being told that there's something wrong with his soup. And he's like, mon Dieu, someone has tampered with my soup. Yes. And but bust back into the to the kitchen to see the Joker doing a little taste test with our uh, new guest artist strapped, literally strapped to a chair, which I yeah. appreciated. He's not only a chair, but he's like. In this whole apparatus with like a drafting table, yeah. Like Joker's dragging this dude around to draw comics of the things yeah. he's doing in real time. Yeah. So the uh, so this this uh, clumsy uh, French chef who gives a sacre bleu la Joker uh, <laughs> yeah, very good. Get gets hit with a uh, Joker's poison that like you know does the whole smiley like. Smile into your dead thing, Jason. I'm glad. Play. I'm glad you leaned into the voice of the French chef. You're really earning your paycheck with this sode. Well, I mean, you know, what are the French going to do? They're never violent towards anybody ever. <laughs> you know, they've they've never had commanding armies or throw riots over. Very. Anyway, so so after after uh, Frenchie is taken down, the the Joker is uh, worried if the audience is going to be you know, happy to see him, this audience of cryptographers. And they are because they're all poisoned because the soup was poisoned, kids. It had the the, the Joker yes, yes. gas poison, which made me think for a second when I was reading this. And I know, like, I, I don't want them to ever explain it, but I do kind of like how, like, yeah, Joker is good at chemistry for this one specific thing. For you this know? very one specific thing, and that is it. He makes yeah. yes, he makes laughing like smile murder gas, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like you could like you could like okay, like Scarecrow's like, well, he was a doctor, so like he at least had to like 
take some pharmacology classes a few times, you know, like that I can sure. understand. But like Joker just like, yeah, I just know how to do this. It's like, all right, you know what? Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> it just kind of made me giggle. Like, yeah, like like that episode of the um the uh, uh, uh the B sharps episode of The Simpsons where like Homer just suddenly knows how to play the piano. And then never, and then they never explain it, and never again. They're like, "Don't think too hard about it." He's playing the piano in this one. Like, don't think too hard about it. Yeah, Joker can make a, a laughing gas or laughing poison whenever the fuck sure. he wants. Yeah, whatever he needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and then he pulls out of a black bag, like a black old school doctor's bag, a giant cartoonish mallet, and starts really working on these cryptographers. These, you know, fancy black tie dinner while yeah, the artist like, gets wheeled out to, to to witness the carnage and destruction. Yeah, he's standing on the table and just malleting people in the head, <laughs> which is really again, it's really well done. The cartoonishness of it is. But like there is yeah. also like the it, it was so well done that the the violence kind of hit me a little more serious. Oh, than I yeah. think they were going for <laughs> you. You're right. You're right. I didn't remember this violence, but this is incredibly violent. And yeah, you, I think the thing that really sells it is that like the artist is wheeled out in his like drafting table cart. Yeah. And like he starts being like, hey, stop, you know, and then the two goons that are with him who are also dressed as chefs are like, Shh, you're going to break his concentration. The man is an artist. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he's got to observe. He's got to. Yeah. You know, he's got he's got to witness the the wonderful story that Joker is telling here, which is, uh, you know, kicking the shit out of these. Uh, yeah. Just malleting people to death, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then a great a great uh, uh, transition to the end of the act, which is uh, the the final the, the culmination of Joker's uh, beating the fuck out of these <laughs> cryptographers, which yeah. is. You know, he gives a little message to Batman of like, you know, you know, you you know where I'll be. And Batman's immediately like, oh, yeah, if you look in the in the picture, it's Morse code, the way their heads and feet are. And it's an address yeah. and, a, and a and a date like time place, you know. Yeah. So uh, it has their like heads and feet on the table. Yeah. And it's I guess it's supposed to be dashes and and dots. And yeah, whatever. yeah. 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 Uh, the training that Batman's doing while he's hurt was freaking awesome. He's yeah, basically got like a pitching machine, but instead of baseballs, it's just knives. And so it, it's yeah. like three knives just being constantly thrown at him. Yeah, I don't know what where you get that kind of machine or how you because like I know like in, in like football, like the machine that like will automatically pass the ball, you know, in practice sure, is, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is, is called the jugs machine, you know, and like, I don't, I don't know, is this just like the knife machine? Does it have this like, is just a, the knife machine? Yes. Is it named Frank? Uh, like, I don't I don't know. And and Batman is like, uh, you know, I'm fine. I can handle the Joker. And Alfred's basically like, you were supposed to catch the knives, not deflect the knives. And he's like, it's fine. Get the car. I'm going after the Joker. Yeah. Hey, he's, you know, he's real serious. And we and get act three comics and sequential death. <laughs> I, I, I did. I honestly like by myself in my living room, I did a little. Yeah, it's very, very good. Yeah, it's, it's just. Mm. Did did you ever read uh, Keeping Up with the 
books about comic books theme. Did you ever read comics in the sequential art? Uh, I must have at some point, but it's they, been forever. They they had to have made you read it in college. I know. I'm, they, I they probably had did to read have. it in college at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I never really did. I, I've, I, I, I've owned it and like perused it here and there. Um, but never really ever read it fully, you know, just in just not knowing what it, what it is and kind of what it's about. Um, but yeah, comics and the sequential death taking place. And this act is taking place at Gotham Pines miniature golf, which I, I something I love about fictional cities, you know, like Springfield, mm-hmm. you know, from of the aforementioned Simpsons is that they just always have whatever they want for the story. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Because. We- we learned this in the Thane of Gotham yeah. that had like a Scottish castle on the moors out in the yeah. outskirts, quote unquote, the outskirts of Gotham. Yeah. 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 I just, I, I, I love that shit. Yeah. Oh, Gotham Pines. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't live in Gotham proper. I'm, I'm from Gotham Pines. <laughs> like, like, like freaking like suburban Chicago, like Highland Park, you know, like if I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. from Illinois and like, I'm not, I live in the city proper. I'm like, well, actually it's from Highland Park, you know, it's kind of the same as Chicago, but just outside of it. And so Batman shows up at the golf course, the mini golf course, and there's a giant cloud that says, pull my finger. Batman takes the sign off. He's and he's kind of frowning. He's just like, uh, going through the motions, pulls yep. the finger. The nose shoots out at, at Batman's head. He grabs the nose and it explodes, knocking him out. And he wakes up being tied to a rocket or like bolted to a rocket. And Joker's there. He's now in a golf uniform. So this issue, so good. We had Joker head to toe in furs and then we had joker the french chef and now we have joker the golfer yeah the and costumes has, are great he has uh three goons with him and he's also got his sequential artist tied to the drafting table just working away yep on uh, wheels i like how i like i like how compliant he is is that is that a commentary on comic book artists that you can just beat up on them and they'll just kind of He's just oh, like, all Jason. right, I guess I'm I guess I'm working for the Joker now. Like, I mean, yes, it is. <laughs> it shouldn't hope, be, but it I, is. I, I hope next year there. I hope next year his page rates will go up. I mean, that, that, that would be nice. <laughs> uh, this is starting. This is starting to like cause me psychic damage. Get a deep, a deep. Yeah, I heard a deep personal pain in that side yeah. of yours. <laughs> I like, know. Oh. Joker's got Batman tied to this rocket. He's being uh, chained to an exploding rocket, um, triggered by a golf ball. And he's like, I know this is a silly way to die. He's like, but hey, that's comics. Mm -hmm. And you turn the page and it's Joker trying to take pot shots at this mini golf. And he just can't do it. Which I very much appreciated. I very much increasingly frustrated as he's trying to like shoot this hole in one kind of thing. And he's like, he misses once and he's like, you guys don't mind if I take a mulligan? And then he shoots again. He's like, tougher than she looks. <laughs> and then he's just <laughs> whacking the shit out of it. <laughs> I love- he's, like, he's like, enough. I'm ending this now before I run out of er, supplies. And he's like, bon voyage, Batman. <laughs> he goes love- to... I love how, I'm sorry, I just love how in your t- in your retelling of it, you did, you did Matt, you knew enough to like match the tone of voice perfectly he's like 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, oh, that one's a mulligan. Oh, tougher than yeah. it looks. Frustratingly, like whispering. <laughs> yeah, just frustratingly whispering to yourself, like it's all right, it's all right. I'll get there. I'll get there. God yeah, yeah. damn it! Like, yeah, yeah. As far as I know, I haven't played a lot of golf, but as far as I know, that is how you play golf. Joker, yeah. Joker's doing it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no other way. There's no other way. So Joker's like, the heck with this. I'm just gonna chuck the ball in the hole. <laughs> like yeah i just want to murder batman yeah we're done with the bit and he goes to yeah. do it and he's like bon voyage bat man and <laughs> batman has freed himself from the rocket in all the chaos and he starts chucking golf balls at the goons and and they're like i can't see him it's too dark out here and you know joker's looking for the machine gun and he takes tommy the, guns uh, too classic yeah yeah tommy, tommy gun guns gun. classic classic takes the machine guns He's he's holding uh, the sequential artist hostage and uh, he's like enough fooling around, Batman, uh, come out. And the brat gets it. And he's like, let the boy go, Joker. I'll come out as soon as you let the boy go. And he's like, you'll come out in any way. Stop wasting time. <laughs> he's like, Anthony, get out of here and call the police as Batman's like snuck up from behind on the Joker, you know, um, and then, you know. They fist fight. It's some really great action. Joker like elbowing Batman in the ribs, cracking him with the Tommy gun, beating up on him. And Joker's like, oh, that explosion took a lot out of you, huh, Batsy? This isn't the way I wanted it to end, but any port, port in the storm. And then right before it happens, the sequential artist throws the golf ball into the hole. The rocket explodes lighting the joker's pants on fire <laughs> in a mm-hmm. very looney tunes moment mm-hmm. his yeah, pants t- are on fire he has to dunk them into a tank of water that is like conveniently there i guess and yeah. he's got his his heart boxers like singed <laughs> just the heart the, the the heart the the boxers with the hearts on them a la like an i love lucy bit i i really yeah, yeah, yeah. really really liked i've a really I'm like god damn it that just that that just, and, just hit me so right you know what i mean it just it just hit in the right place and it turns out the sequential artist finished the issue so he he drew joker you know like him throwing the ball and joker getting his butt lit on fire and then we cut over to arkham asylum and two guards at the asylum are like how many of these things are there and he's like one for every inmate some rich guy donated them all kind of a literacy campaign <laughs> and he's like literacy it's just a comic book right he's like yeah but i made them all laugh well almost all of them mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. laughter through the halls of arkham asylum except for the joker and he's like this is not funny yeah it's so good and that's that's how it ends it was such a great joker story it was it was honestly one of like my my fa- it's my favorite way to read a joker story and like it's my favorite like be, because I could I could go on like speaking of rants I could like rant for a long time of like even though I've never ever read them but like of like these like ultra dark jokers and like the even more dark jokers that like especially after like you know the Dark Knight and Heath Ledger's performance and how like crazy and just murderous we have to make them you know yeah so I always, yeah. I always love it when there's a more lighthearted take because not like darker takes can't be fun. You know, but like, it's like, sure. all right, guys, we've, I think we had enough of him for a while. Why don't we get back to Joker? Like, I don't know, trying to kill Batman with like a giant, like, you know, uh, boxing glove. 
You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, let, let's just like he he tied Batman to a giant typewriter. And yeah. Now he's going to kill Batman by stepping on the keys. You know? Yeah. And they even said it at the end of the issue. It's like, but it's a comic book. Like, have, have fun. Right. Like, yeah. It was like, this you, issue. You can still have fun. So, guys. Was so meta. Oh, yeah. It was so, so inside fun. baseball. Yeah. It like it the way that it switches from where a character reading the comic book about what's happening to what's happening back to the comic book, the way that it like effortlessly did that. Yeah. Was so perfect and uh props to mike parlbeck for making that kind of script work because you could very much not make that script work yeah yeah well it it, se- it seemed like everybody i think uh had you know i'm like I, i'm sure i'm sure everyone on this team especially like because of like how many hits this series has had uh you know everyone works you know they always work really hard on on every book but this seemed like a bit more special because like they kind of like got to be like, you know, do a send up of like making comic books and how to make comic books. And I'm sure they had like right. a lot of fun. And I'm sure like the, the editor whose name's just escaping me right now. Had Scott a lot Peterson. of, yeah. How Scott Peterson was like, no, 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 make me more of an asshole. Yeah. You, right, you know, right, right, right. He's, he's like, I want to be really cartoonishly. I, I want to be like J Jonah Jameson, but I want to make like, you know, real threats, you know, <laughs> like, I, and, and, and like I, you know that 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 really, I think that really shines through and kind of like helps the uh, the cartoonish like bouncy nature of everything. Absolutely, like, you know, every, everyone's in on the joke too. So like, nothing is so. It it really is very much. Right. Like it's never it's never mean spirited. Yeah, it's always like tongue in cheek. Like we're all friends here, but we're just gonna like really kind of poke fun at making comics in general yeah like the joker has like it ends with the joker literally just like getting his ass burnt and revealing that he wears <laughs> boxers with hearts on them and then his real punishment is being laughed at while being it's like yeah okay it's fun like just don't yeah, yeah. you don't have to but it's really it's it's just told like really really well <laughs> just everything about it is just like yeah this issue is so good yeah oh just hands down i i fucking loved it you want to hit the letters column? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I sent you the letters column, but I sent it to you like an hour before we went live. Did you get a chance to read it? Yeah, I, re- I, I perused like some of them. Um, I, I did. I, I got to say, I really enjoy. I, I loved how someone signed theirs, uh, Jean-Paul Valley. That was fun. Oh, yeah. I want to read that letter. Here, um, I can I can read it. Uh, I can read it right now. I, I really like I really like that one and the one that um spelled out Batman Adventures as like, you know, mar- of how like people used to used to get very, very creative because for no other reason that they just loved seeing their letter printed in a comic book. It was just really fun yeah. Yeah. to see something you sent in printed. And so like if you make yourself stand out, you have better chance of being printed. And I just love that kind of. This is yeah, just, that, uh, it's just, that letter that you're talking about also won one of the original art pieces. All right. Um, all right. That letter uh, says, Dear Scott, and it spells spell Batman Adventures, you know, vertically with the yeah. first letter of each sentence. And it says, Batman Adventures, terrific covers, magnificent artwork, never a dull moment. Very exciting new stories the ultimate rendition of everyone's favorite 
superhero. <laughs> Which, like, taking take a little liberties, but it's all right. Well, and he yeah. says, I, I salute you, number one. And uh, that was James Sullivan from Claremont, New Hampshire. And uh, Scott wrote back, poetry, you romantic thing. <laughs> you see, like, that's actual engagement, not this, like, you know, bullshit, like, you know, search engine optimization and social media engagement and what kind of engagement yeah, yeah, you're yeah, getting yeah, with yeah. your audience. It's like, no, no, no. When, when, you, when you make something that's so much fun and so good that it compels someone to spend even if that only took that person like five minutes that they spent on it you know but they right. they actually focused and deliberately did a silly thing to get no like that's actual engagement you know yes. not not like oh if this thing hits a 500 retweets all the you oh, know no. oh no do do whatever embarrassing thing uh, you know like that 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 kind of that kind of life yeah, that, yeah, like yeah. to 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 be fair though a little qualifier though i might just be an angry old man as well i think so both kind of in that camp when it comes to uh astroturfing social media stuff yeah yeah if it's you know if if it's someone's thing if they're like into it like fine whatever but to me like this is like it's very silly yeah 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 totally so let me read the john paul valley uh (laughs) letter says dear batman adventures i would like to personally thank you for patronizing my cause and turning the public eye in my direction. Yes, this is the Batman writing to you. You've done a, fa- a wonderful job of, of entering a fabulous new form of art into the cover of a ve- very well-written comic book. But what was your reasoning for assuming that I was Bruce Wayne, especially now after his hindering, and then that's crossed out, tragic ger- injury, could he be me? I would also like to... And then advise is crossed out. He's like, comment on issue number 12. Issue 12 was first appearance of Harley Quinn. How could the commissioners, and he wrote child and crossed that out. He's like, Mm -hmm. daughter, be a dark knight. How could she don the mantle of the bat? There's limitless power held within it. And in my encounters with Poison Ivy, she was much harder to beat. All in all, however, you've done a good, he's crossed that out. He's like, excellent job. John Paul mm-hmm. Valley, Batman, Gotham City. And then Scott writes back, which is the first thing that I thought when I read that letter is I've got news for you, sport. You haven't faced Poison Ivy yet, though I can certainly understand the temptation to jump the gun. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, we're we're reading all these books as they're coming out. And I'm like, we've seen a blip of Poison Ivy in the nightfall. Yeah. But that was Bruce fighting her, not John Paul Valley. Yeah. Yeah. He probably whoever was actually you know writing it probably probably forgot. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but, uh, but yeah, but but that again, like that silly kind of thing. It's just it's to, fun. Yeah, yeah. To even take the time to do the strike through thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. as if you're on a typewriter and you can't spare the paper. So like, yeah, oh, all right, I'll leave the word there. So no, strike that, strike that. I meant I meant this. Like, so uh, there was another letter. It's a little long, so bear with me. All right. All right, I'm bearing down. Bearing Dear down. Scott, I don't know whose idea it was to put Batgirl in the comics before she was on the TV show, but it was a good one. The Batman Adventures, despite its obvious ties to the show, would stand on its own. And uh, one way to help accomplish that is to feature a character like Batgirl here before she hits the airwaves. That's, uh, as an aside, that's something that I didn't know. I didn't realize that she was first in, the, in here before she was on 
television. Oh, well, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense because I would imagine that when they were doing the TV show, they didn't want to overwhelm people with like a whole lot of, you know, because Robin didn't show like up right away. Like a huge cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they were like, okay, like, because like they, they were obviously trying to like want kids to be into it. So like, I don't want like an eight year old to have to like right away, like, you know, have like, be like five. We've got six main characters. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't realize the animated, the, the, Batman, the animated series universe version of Batgirl was in the comic book first before the, before the yeah. show. But that, but, but again, it makes, it makes sense. It makes sense. Sure. Another way that immediately suggests itself to introduce an entirely new character here, a villain or villainess previously not seen on either TV show or other Batman comics. Do you have anything like that in mind? But back to issue 12, the pleasant surprise that Batman didn't save Batgirl's skin at the end and didn't even look on smugly in disguise having watched the whole episode to ensure Batgirl was never in any real danger. I don't know how many times we've seen that situation, especially with Batman, who's always hanging around in the shadows, watching what's happening around him. This would have been a perfect opportunity to do it again, and I'm glad that you didn't. Instead, you threw Batgirl in there against three of Batman's enemies and forced her to hold her own, and that should make a lot of female readers and a lot of guys happy too. Batgirl was well-written, well-drawn throughout the story, a novice in way over her head, and we saw her with her eyes wide, running scared, and making mistakes until her final rooftop encounter with Catwoman. There, standing on the edge of the wall, she struck such a confident pose that she managed to stand down even Catwoman. Although it appears she uh, didn't recognize her own potential after this, I hope that we see Batgirl in pages in the future. You already know that I love Rick's coloring in the Batman Adventures, but I can't end the letter without commenting on the way he creates shadows in the background. You've obviously noticed this and you've come to depend on his skill since his coloring was used to literally foreshadow the security guards attack on Harley Quinn. Rick's colors add a lot of depth to the artwork and there's a lot of colors in the business who could learn a lot by pouring over Rick's here. That was from Brian Anderson in Austin, Texas. Uh, Scott says how right you are despite his horrendous taste in pop culture. Rick is an absolutely fantastic colorist and a deadline nightmare great guy. As for the new characters, what do you think of Mastermind, Mr. Nice, and the Professor? So I thought that letter, although long, was pretty great for a couple of reasons. One, we, I, we got confirmation on something I suspected, which was that Professor and Nice and Mastermind were made for the Batman adventures. Those were brand new characters. Yeah. And the other thing was... He highlighted what we talked about, whereas like Batgirl's like capable right out the right out the gates. Like she's in over her head. Yeah. But but, but she's, she's capable. Yeah, she's smart. She's clever. She takes time to think. She doesn't get overwhelmed too too quickly. You know, she right. acts. You right. know, which is like, yeah, great trait all, all great traits for for a superhero, you know, like using like using her wits instead of try, trying to overpower. You know, so she's like already like more there than like you know, Robin will typically be shown because like, you know, Robin's always supposed to be young and hotheaded and right, know, dives, right. dives in too quickly. And whereas like, you know, uh, Barbara is like, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, let, let, let's let's uh, take back and uh, step back a second. How am I going to get out of this thing with, you know, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy? You know, like that kind of. Sure. That kind of thinking. And yeah, that was that was really it was really cool that that got that got picked up on and got pointed out too that like it's a. You know, it's a it's a woman character who's written as like, you know, capable and she can't do everything yet. But, 
you know, she's, she's like strong and likable and like capable and can do stuff and isn't just like, you know, a shrinking violet. Yeah. No Batman in the corner, like ready to save her in the nick of time. Like none of that stuff, you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, man, that issue was very good. It was. <laughs> that issue it, was a lot of fun. Well, because, you know, it's one of those things that like, I remember, uh, listening to, uh, uh, a, a D, of of the too many D and D podcasts I listened to when I still used to listen to uh, uh, the Adventure Zone of the the, the McElroy brothers, it just kind of fell off with it. But at one point, they had like a an NPC character that was trans, and it might have been in the first arc. And you know, uh, they, they had talked about how like they actually reached out to people to like ask them like, "Hey, how should I like handle this?" Right? Like, you know, you just sure. wanted to be sensitive and make sure that like you know, as a you know straight guy, that he, you know he wasn't like you know creating stereotypes and like. And he said that like the advice that he got from people was just like, just write him like a person. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Like totally, that's, that's, totally. that's really all there's you no, got to do. There's no magic bullet here. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, how do I write a, a, a good, you know, a woman character? It's like, write them like a fucking human being that can be complicated and, and multifaceted. That's all yes. you, you need to do. Oh, how do I write like, you know, a, a black character? It's like, well, like outside of stuff that's like, you know, really specific culturally, it's like, they're just people, man. Like they have interests and they're just, people. They're and, just and, people and faults just, just like everybody else. And if you just yep. keep them, keep it in your mind that you just write them as a person. And I think that's what was so good about that. But cause even Harley and, and Ivy are, are like, they're, they're capable to a point, but because they're yeah. the villains, they're like still kind of goofy and like, you know, shoot themselves in the foot here and there, but sure, sure. you know, but they're, they're sure as hell a bit more fully formed than like, you know, the fucking poison Ivy in the in night quest. Oh no. my, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, you're right. Uh, like, so, so like, that's like, and, and it's, and it's great to see, it's, it's great to see it having an impact. And at the same time, though, it's sad to see that, especially in the nineties, there wasn't enough. And, you know, even now there, that it's gotten better in mainstream, like superhero books, but it's still, I don't think it's getting there, you know, from, from the looks of it, you know, me being admittedly not following the stuff too, too closely, but you know, more and more like women creators and people of like, you know, actually like different backgrounds and different like experiences are like, yeah, here, here's a, you know, here it is. Like they're they're, they're people guys. Here's a a bunch of stories from a bunch of different perspectives that highlight different things for different people. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all just different people. That's that this, this just kind of, you know, they're, they're not just a damsel waiting to be saved or taught by a man <laughs> or supported by a man. Sure. It's like, no, sure. no, no, yeah. she can yeah. take, take care of it all, all on her own. And- oh man. Speaking, speaking of this just real quick. Yeah. Um, so around this time, uh, the green lantern issues were coming out. Oh yeah. And yeah. we're going to, we're going to get into this eventually. Um, zero hour is going to happen. I think shortly after, uh, night quest and night's end finished. Um, do you remember what zero hour is? Very vaguely. You, you'd have to remind it's me. When, is, it's in- when Hal Jordan lost his entire city right. <laughs> and then decided like heck the green lanterns. And then he just started like murdering green lanterns and taking their rings. And then he unwound time as parallax because, because now you're, and now you're reminding me and this is like, very parallel to what I was just saying about writing, you know, just the women are, are just people, man, like other the yeah, people, yeah, are just yeah. people. Oh, like were they literally, and I don't know if this is where the phrase came from 
but oh, put his wife or girlfriend in a fridge. Yes, Jason. Like, yes, this is exactly where I was. You, you jumped the gun fridge. on me. Sorry, so this sorry. is this Didn't is mean to step uh, on your. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh, this classic parallax story. I'm going to read it. And so I was reading the parallax story, and then they introduce um, after how Jordan basically nukes the entire Green Lanterns. Kyle Rayner gets a ring, and he gets this unique ring that's different than the other Green Lantern rings, blah, blah, blah. He's got a girlfriend. She's a photojournalist. And she's like a fully formed character. Like they banter with each other. She has aspirations. She pushes him to be a better Green Lantern, blah, blah, blah. And then they just oh, like Kyle Rayner's girlfriend, not yeah, Kyle Jordan's. They murder okay. his girlfriend and stuff her in a fridge. And that's where yep. fridging women came from. Yep. Uh, Yep. totally t- jason i knew it was coming and it was still like jarring and they they do yeah. it the only reason they did it was to gas up like this purple big guy named major force to for him to be like a scary guy and green lantern just kicks his ass yeah you know, like it's, yeah. it's so dumb it's so dumb yeah well l- so you know, like on yeah. the one hand on the one hand you have like harley quinn and poison ivy becoming fully formed characters like around this time. And mm-hmm. then on the other hand, we're just chucking women into a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what I'm saying is, is like we're, we're, I feel like we're really at this period where DC comics is like going through this, like growing pains of like, do we make comics like we did in 1980 or do we make comics for a more savvy generation? You know? Well, and also though, like, how do we do savvy? Because like right. to, to to give to give the people writing the books at this time like a bit of credit, like I don't know their backgrounds or like schooling or anything, but I would have to imagine if like they obviously are interested in writing and so like, you know, read about like, you know, that like, you know, structure of stories and things like that and tropes and all those kinds of things. But I don't know how critically they were really uh, thinking about it as they were writing it, you know what I mean? Of like watching right. for those kinds of things. Whereas like, I think just starting in the nineties was when you had stuff like understanding comics that was like very much, you know, trying to revive the comics and the sequential art and like an actual like media criticism, like an honest media criticism of the media that, you know, everyone enjoys and likes, which is like a, a really important thing. And I don't think that that like was going as deeply until the nineties, you know, of like talking right. about, like, you know, and, and with stuff like and also, people coming out with stuff like that going, whoa, dude, you didn't have to. Why was it so gruesome? Like, why was right. her death so and gruesome? The, the thing the thing about that death, too, is that it's so gruesome that they didn't show it happening. Like they knew that it was too much. Yeah. And then because it's like major forces in the room with his girlfriend. And he's like, ha, I'm going to get you. And then like you turn the page and it's Kyle Rayner doing something. And then he shows up and the police are there and they're like, is that your girlfriend in the fridge? You know, it's like bonkers. It's bonkers. Yeah. Well, and cause like, cause like to, and not to like, God, this is going to sound like such an asshole thing to say. Cause it is, but like, you know, like some of those writers have like a very, uh, of superhero books in the nineties of a very adolescent understanding of what adult means, you know, like what an right. adult story yes. is. It's like, yeah. No, man, like an adult story is like Steinbeck, like not because like Steinbeck had like a bunch of like sex and fucking violence in the stories, but because they're complicated themes, 
you know, right, right. <laughs> like that, that's what makes it, a, yeah. that's what makes the Grapes of Wrath adult, like not. Yeah, like, the 90s, the 90s were such a weird time for books because you're right, we're getting a little bit of this like growth in, you know, not only like, you know, Batman Adventures turning like Mr. Freeze into a fully formed character, Clayface into a fully formed character. You know, Harley Quinn uh, adding a, a layer of depth to like relationships with her and the Joker and her and Poison Ivy and then Poison Ivy becoming a fully formed character. But like, so that's happening and like Sandman's happening yeah. and like, you know, Vertigo's starting and people are realizing, oh, you know, like maybe there's there's an audience for the like a little more depth. And then at the same time, we're also getting like spawn and wet works and like stuff yeah. that's just like completely vapid of like yeah. you know it's like it they're cool comics don't get me wrong i still i still really like them i will still read spawn every once in a while but like they're not like adult they're not for adults they're yeah. for like 12 year olds <laughs> i remember when uh uh the the deftones who i do adore i still really like the deftones a lot um but their album White Pony, their third record, came out when we were uh, seniors in high school. And yeah. I remember, like, I absolutely love that record. And, and like, man, if you think I'm a nerd about comic books, which I am, I'm the same way about music. And, like, you know, at the time, there, there were still, you know, uh, it's just weirder. My tastes were growing more and more, you know, as they right. do. Uh, and I fucking loved White Pony when it came out. But, like, I knew a lot of people who were, like, you know, teenagers, because that's what it was. And, like, younger teenagers who were like, no, man, this is like bullshit. There's not as enough of, of much screaming on the record because they, it's like they go, they went soft. I'm like, all right, guys, it's like, it's not about going soft. I'm like, you know, like it or don't like it, whatever. But like, you know, it's like, that's what like growth is. Like growth mm. isn't like getting darker and getting screamier or like whatever. But, you know, at the same time, like, you know, if you like follow like the desk, Deftones like discography, there are like a few albums here and there that like, just happen to be a bit more heavier because like that's where like it's taking them. But I think like, you know, people will have like a band like that, especially of like more like kind of like louder, like screamy kind of music. Like a lot of people, that's all they take from it is that like, oh, it's just this like aggressive, like screaming. Sure, like, yeah, sure. that's a component, man. But there's it's a bit more like not all the time, yeah, yeah. not all the time, not, all just, the, just, not every band, not every yeah. band and not every song from every band. Yeah, like sometimes sure. like, yeah, 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 sometimes a dumb little riff and like, you know, screaming about like, you know, nothing is really fun. Like, yeah, you, you know, but it's just the um, but that that to me is what like the it seems like in the 90s, a lot of these like writers were kind of like, you know, learning as they were doing of like, oh, shit, sure. I can think yes. more about a story. <laughs> You know, and about the intention yeah. behind it instead of just, you know, B follows a kind of kind of stories. Oh, my God. But then, like, you do yeah, that. And I think they were they were also trying a lot of things to see what would work on the page. You yeah, know? it's definitely like, a, I don't think that, a growing pain scenario. I don't think when they fridged Kyle Rayner's uh, girlfriend, they were th thinking, oh, I'll be particularly cruel. You know, I was thinking. I think they were just like, I don't know if this is going to work, if this is what people want. I don't know what the reaction is going to be. I'm just going to yeah. try this and see how it lands, you know, especially because yeah. like when you read and write a script, it feels different than when you're like looking at the finished work and reading it on the page, like depending oh, yeah. on how the artists draw it, it, it can have different kinds of impact. So I don't yeah. know, man. 
it's it's a what I'm saying is, and I think that we're both in agreement here, is the nineties were a wild time. Oh yeah. They were wild as shit. Not as wild as like more more a lot more wild than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. You, you Once know, you start like, digging in, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and from what I yeah, know now. Woo. Woo. I had I had one more letter, okay. but I I think that we I think that we wrapped it up really well with the 90s conversation. I don't even know if I want to read this letter, but I, the only reason I, I want to read the response to it. Um, mm. uh, Scott was had written the person had written a, a big thing about uh, Harvey Dent, and he says, I'm of two minds about this letter. On the one hand, it's very well written. On the other, it says that Harley can't be taken seriously because of her clown costume. What? The Joker looks like a clown, but he can be taken seriously. Tell you what. Pick up Mad Love, The Incredible Secret Origins of Harley Quinn by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, producers of the TV show, and tell me whether you take her seriously or not. Believe me, you won't be disappointed. So I don't know. I don't know when exactly Mad Love came out. It might have been around this time, maybe in the future. Maybe he's like promoting it. But I just wanted to make a note of that because uh, that book's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it is. It is definitely uh <clears throat> It's definitely one of those things where you see any anything that Bruce Tim and Paul Dini do and and you're like you're like oh yeah no like you guys are special. You know right. what I mean? Right. It's like there there are those like you know artist and writer like combos and people who whenever they do anything you're like oh this is why oh, I'll you're, get that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is why you're where you're at. You know, it's like when you see like you know like I was watching uh, basketball last night and it was a uh, it was the uh the Lakers playing um, uh, the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers and it was, you know, it was a pretty good game, but like, you know, LeBron James on the Lakers and he's kind of older and like, you know, but he's been having a great season and like, you see him still do these like windmill dunks and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, it's like, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't forget about Bruce Tim and like his like massive, obvious, like, you know, like talent and like that he's like built for himself and like all the work that he's done, but it's just like, oh shit. Yeah. That's why you've had these like multiple jobs like chef like show running these huge shows that yeah just <clears throat> yeah and, and an incredible incredible talent within yeah. the industry yeah just um, just amazing can i hit you with the stinger yeah yeah next issue batman and robin are finally making use of the information gathered from talia remember the last page of issue 13 and going after the demon's head uh his own bad self rachel ghoul Kelly, Mike, Rick, Rick, and Rich will bring you the Batman Adventures 17 Tangled Web. See you then. Yeah, I love I love the cover already. I love the cover of it. I'm excited. Dude, the cover of this, uh, I think this was the first issue of the Batman Adventures that I ever picked up was oh, because wow. of this this cover. Uh, and I noticed that because it had an old Sarge's Comics sticker on the back sealing the book. From ah. like way, way back when in the nineties when they used to when they used to put those like uh stickers on them. And it still had Sarge from the Beetle Bailey. Um Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the exactly. Fit. That's awesome. That's fucking awesome. Oh man. So that's yeah, great. this was my this was my first issue I picked up, so I'm looking forward to reading it with you. Yeah, that's awesome. That's fucking great. You wanna hit the two read pile? Yeah, yeah. The two read pile is gonna be a little um well I, I have a thing. Let's let, let's hit let's hit it up. Let's hit it up. You, you, you go first with what you read. Okay, 
So I finished uh, Showa, A History of Japan, 1926 to 1939. I had to I had to physically look at the book to get the dates right. It's by uh, Shigeru uh, Mitsuki. Um, at the time that he wrote this, uh, at that this publication came out, he was alive. He has since passed away, unfortunately. He's uh, he was 91 when this came out in America, but it was originally written in the 80s. Um, it's a history of Japan. I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's like uh, the run up in Japan into World War II, and it is a rough read. Let me tell you. Yeah, as Japan slowly backslides into like. It starts with an earthquake that kills a bunch of people mm-hmm. and then it escalates into basically their own depression, um, financial depression, and then America's depression happens, which further compounds their economic depression in this yep. world market. Um, eventually, the military stops taking orders from the government and they're just doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. They start to invade China, you know. They're looking for any, they're engineering probable cause in order to further escalate the war effort. Like it is absolutely, absolutely bonkers and a really tough time to be a citizen in Japan. (laughs) On the flip side, it's also an autobiography about the author, as as all autobiographies are. That was a little (laughs) redundant, but (laughs) but so it's about um, Mizuki, like growing up. In this, you know, kind of history of Japan Mm -hmm. and like him and his like what he remembers from being raised by his grandmother and him being afraid of like yokai spirits and feeling like they were all around him all the time. He spent a lot of time in graveyards and in in shrines and temples, Uh, spent a lot of time sleeping in and missing math class. Uh, Also, what was going on is like little boys apparently in Japan were really into like military heroes like that was kind of the culture at the time Mm. so they all like wanted to be kind of these like great like fighters basically and then boys from different schools in different areas would basically gang like turn into gangs but like they're children, you know? Yeah. But then yeah. they're like, but then they're like, we're gonna throw rocks at each other and like yep. like yep. really, really beat the crap out of each other. Dude is a scrapper, let me tell you. Like some of the fights that he gets in, the way he describes them, I'm like, dude, I am surprised you had did not die at a young age. Did you um how much did you know about uh the history of uh, colonial Japan? Um, nothing before. i don't know anything about the history oh, of japan really so really? this was this was wow. really eye-opening for that okay um if you're interested in the history of japan i would recommend checking this out this is one of four volumes this is the showa era mm. of japan so it's it starts here it's kind of an odd read because it it hits a lot of like it reads like a history book like it's very dry when it comes to the facts and it doesn't get into like a great lot of depth with a lot of the facts. Yeah. So if you know a lot about the history of Japan, you'll kind of enjoy reading it to see like hit all these points and also see it from his point of view as a young boy. 
if you don't know a lot about Japan, it'll give you a nice overview. But like, it doesn't really get like, like there's a part where there's like, they're in an economic depression. Um, additionally, Japan opened its, its doors to trade gold with the rest mm-hmm. of the world. And then yeah. spec foreign speculators just started buying up Japanese gold, which ended up taking like a huge amount of revenue out of Japan, which further compounded their economic hardship. Mm. And um, there was this guy called the chimney man who climbed up on a chimney in Japan and wouldn't come down. And then he had like a list of demands and he stayed up there for six days and they would blast the chimney and he would be like, you know, nothing can stop me, not even smoke, you know, like whatever. Uh, And like, I wanted to know more about the chimney man, but they were (laughs) like this, this happened. And then we move on because it's like a kind of an overview of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just to show how like dire things were that like some, some person climbed up and like protested on a fucking chimney for six days and didn't. Right. Right. Didn't leave until like, this is how like, you know, bad things got kind of right. Story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, that's it. That's that's just kind of yeah. I just wanted to know what you like. Just you. So you you just went in blind. Like I don't know a whole. I just whole went lot in totally about, blind. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know like very detailed stuff about uh, Japanese like colonialism in Japan around that time, but I do know kind of broad strokes of things. So I, I mean, this stuff is really interesting to me. I really do want to read all of these books. Yeah, uh, there's four or five volumes, and it's the entire Showa era. Uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm just going to swoop in and get the other ones that i'm missing eventually uh probably next year and read them um it's also it's manga so it's a really quick read yeah it's also well manga is also just infinitely to me anyway like rereadable you know like i think i've been kind of itching to like you know um just reread some uh junji ito stuff like some volumes that you sent me of like some you know it's just just nice you know do uh did you pick up anything for the two Uh, read pile I didn't pick up anything from 2Repile, but I did have a thing. It, it, it made me think when I was thinking about it the other day that I'm going to use this podcast uh, and uh, what I'm sure is by now like our, our extremely large audience who I do not want to be embarrassed in yes, front of. Yes, um, sure, sure. To, to help me as motivation is I want to get back to um, help myself get back to like reading as much as I used to. And so yeah. uh, starting next week, I will have a book, like a regular just book that I've read. I won't. Uh, give myself shit if I don't finish it in a week, depending on, sure. especially depending on what that book is. And then at least uh, some comic book, you know, so yeah. by next week, I want to, by the next show, I will have an opinion, a final opinion on Berlin and on uh, William Gibson's All Tomorrow's Party. And then each, oh, man. each, each one, and then each week from there, I'll, I'll pick a different one. If I end up picking like something like the Brothers Karamazov or something like that, like I won't expect myself to finish that in a freaking week. You know, I also that's kind uh, of, just picked uh, up. I mean, I also just picked up Berlin. Maybe I should try to. I mean, it's it's a it's a thick boy. Oh yeah, maybe, she's thick. Maybe I'll she, start it. Not and not only is she thick, but like because Jason Lutz is such a fucking master, like it. You're gonna linger. Oh uh, yeah, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna drink everything, and it's just you're just gonna wanna just a beautiful sure, beautiful sure. set pieces like so. Yeah, but so uh, that's what I'm going to turn the two read pile into. It's turned into. I, I like, like your aspirations. Of, yeah, a bit, a bit of motivation for me of like, you know what? I could I could be doing this for the podcast to actually, you know, stick to my guns and have something to 
you know, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'm, I'm oh, yeah, using, man. I'm using all you beautiful, beautiful people who, who hey, adore our show. It's just a good excuse to read some comics. Well, that's true. And some books too. I just, and I, some I'm, books. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm mentally happier. I'm always mentally happier. The more I read, even if it's yeah, like dry absolutely. historical stuff, I just, it's just makes, makes my brain feel so much better. And I got to remember to do it more often. So. Uh, hopefully it'll work. We'll see. But even if it fails, I, I will be open and honest about it because sure. I, for for and for anyone listening, I also just want to. I think it's helpful to um, to as much as you can uh, tamp down your fear of failure because you're going to fail anyway at like all, most things in <laughs> life, actually. So you know, it's it's all it's all in how you deal with it, and hopefully not being too um, too uh, psychically hurt by it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully I'll have uh, uh, opinions next week on the to read section. But thanks again uh, for listening. Where can where can people find us? Uh, people can find us at uh, World Second Finest on Twitter. That's World Second with the number two in it. And also you can find me on Twitter uh, at King of Black Acid. Um, I'm also trying to... Uh, see about setting up uh, different socials, but you know, but but keep on the lookout for that. Keep on the lookout for that. What about you? Uh, you can find me at Nick Phil, uh, also on Twitter, but you can. It's also Nick Phil on Linktree. You can find all my info there for everything that I'm Check up to on Twitch. Um, yeah, I actually just did a Twitch of just kind of doing some gesture drawings before I played a little bit of the play date, which is oh. like a little micro console with a crank. It's very weird. Um, oh yeah yeah you, you, you show me the picture of that that's awesome that's awesome uh so yeah uh i just i just streamed that the other day uh i don't I, i'm i'm starting to get a complicated relationship with twitter so i don't know how long that uh i'm gonna be up there it's starting to feel like it's falling apart i had this moment jason where i was i was looking through my twitter feed my plan was this I was going to find somebody that I, that I know and like, and I was going to see if they were on other social media platforms that I'm a part of, and then basically pillage their follow list to find follows of my own being like, oh, okay, I'll find somebody. And then, you know, basically expand my Twitter feed on co-host or on uh, Tumblr or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I was browsing through Twitter and I was browsing through Twitter and I was like, I don't know who these, any of these people are. Like, who am I following? And it was just like an endless barrage of like retweets and liked tweets from accounts that I was not familiar with. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe it's time to just, just pack it up. Maybe it's time to just pack it up and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Could so, be. What I'm saying is, if you want to, if you want to tweet at me about how I got some name wrong, you're the window's closing. <laughs> yeah. yeah send, very send short. that tweet now. <laughs> very short. Very short. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening.